Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And happy Monday, January 29, 2024. It's 11.01 a.m. Pacific uh, time, Pacific Standard Time. Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz. And we're still in year 26, bringing you the voice of the prophets today. Johnny won't be with us today. Uh, he couldn't make this uh, time. So we have DeMonte Edmonds coming in for him. That's a great revelation I see on my notes. I'm really anxious to hear what uh, he has to say. He's quite the prophetic voice. So you're not going to want to miss that at all. Uh, Nathan French will be with us tomorrow. So that's going to be great. Uh, Johnny will be back next Monday, my note says here. So... Uh, let's see, what else do I want to say? We're going to run a quick spot uh, for the calendar. We've got some calendars, a few more calendars left. This is a Hebrew calendar, but it's got American holidays, but it also has the, the Hebrew holiday, the Jewish holidays. Uh, and pictures of Israel. So without further delay, let's run that quick spot. Have you ever been curious to follow the year according to the Jewish calendar? Introducing the Elijah Streams, Jerusalem, then and now 16-month Hebrew heritage calendar. Track your year in this Hebraic calendar featuring dates in both the Jewish and Gregorian calendar systems, weekly Torah and holiday readings, messianic prophecies and their fulfillments in the New Testament, beautiful photos of the Holy Land, and Hebrew learning materials made in Israel. Get yours to today at elijahshopper.com great spot i have one every year of course uh, since we produce it and uh, it's a great calendar beautiful in every way especially you know the photos are just wonderful so all right what do i have on my list here i want to make sure i'm not forgetting anything who told you nathan's going to be here okay we're going to bring in uh, mike and Lori sally who as you know helped get the wells dug for us so here's mike and Lori. how are you guys doing doing great we're awesome steve very good we're- we're gonna be with you, Doreen. And I will be with you in Uganda, just not that many days hence, right? It's on the tenth, I think, is when we fly out. So yeah, the rest yeah. of the team gets there on the sixth. So it's be gonna be so good to see you guys. I'm I'm not looking forward to the heat, but I'm looking forward to the fellowship and hanging out and seeing the wells that are that are dug. I've never been one that gravitated towards heat. I'm kind of the other way. You won't be. My dad was this way. He would put the uh, he would get this window air conditioner and put it in his master bedroom and crank it so it was freezing. I mean, I thought that was overkill, but that's the stock that I come from, where the colder the better. Sometimes, so um, I'm sure I'll make it. Just pray me on through. So, well, listen, you guys, you you guys have tell people about your. Um, that this is your village, so people will know. And because sometimes there's a lot of new people, that you not you not only get wells done for us throughout, like I think it's 11 total countries in Africa, but you're you have the base there. Tell tell people about the base, how long you've been there, and you just yeah, spend a couple minutes. So, yeah, so Show Mercy started in 2004, and so we've been over there uh, since then working. Our our base was finally established in 2011. And so we've got a lot of things going on. We work with orphan children over there. We have a medical clinic, um, a birthing center. And really our mission is just to inspire people to live on purpose, to encourage people to um, believe that with God, all things are possible and to express the father heart of God to his people. And we do that in many different ways. And so, yeah, we have this base is about 40 acres of land. And uh, you'll you'll be you'll be uh, surprised, I think, when you see it, Steve. Uh, how I'm really, yeah, totally looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, 
um, it's it's like because we've known you guys since the time you start started this thing, and so anyone that doesn't know, uh, I'll just add this part that you guys work full time. If you could put these terms full time for Show Mercy, and your place is called the Field of Dreams out there, and you work full time for us, so you're based here more in in the year than there nowadays. You used to live there yeah. for a couple couple years, didn't you? We say there, we were there about a year and a half, um, and but we run everything from here. We have a team of 60 full-time employees in Uganda, so you'll meet them. They're some of the best people ever, yeah. and uh, so we have a really incredible staff, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, you know, you said that we work full-time for both. I was thinking yesterday, I was actually talking to somebody when I went to the, the Bobby Connor School in Moravian Falls this weekend, and I said, I don't wow. know how that works. And I'm working full time in both, but uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> well, a- you guys, I mean, you don't punch a clock, that's for sure. You know, and uh, it's one of those things. I, we, I don't ask for your time, but I know that you're 110 percent in and you guys are really there. We'll yeah. talk about then uh, you we've asked you to come on every few weeks and kind of give everyone an update on these wells and whatever you have on your heart. Go ahead and show that today. So I just wanted to share, give just a short update. So I was calculating the number of wells and I have us Elijah streams doing 212. Wow. wow. And we just recently did one in South Sudan. And so we're working with other countries and it's a little more challenging to get photos and videos and different things like that. But we are going to put together a little slideshow that we'll be able to show at another time of some of the other places. But the main focus has been Uganda. And I think it's just, it's, it's because that connection between our relationship, you know, God speaking to you years ago about wells, and then we were just in the right place at the right time to be able to help you begin pioneering that. So the wells are absolutely amazing. And I just want to convey that it's so much more. I mean, natural water is so important. Yeah. And, and these wells are are saving physical lives. But I, I don't know if if uh I don't know how to convey the impact that these water wells are are providing for for people, for individuals, for for different people. And I was gonna to share today about this one gentleman that my team shared the story, shared his story. His name is Robert. And he's totally blind. He's 43. Wow. He had some eye disease or something at the age of seven and went totally blind. Now he, he's standing out, he's holding in his hand one of the, the pump for the water well. This is one of our very first water wells. It's it's number four. And I wish wow. I could what month that was, Steve, but I didn't look that up. But I do know it's the fourth water well that we did through Elijah Streams, through through the generosity of people. And his story just captured my heart because okay he's he's born he was born he wasn't born blind okay he got he was blind at age seven and he's had a i mean i can't even imagine what it's like to be totally blind but living you can just see the the surroundings in the village in uganda and and imagine trying to navigate these dirt roads and his story was he before this water well came his sister ended up taking him in and before this water well came, he had to he had to travel, you know, down, 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 down to because you know the water runs down, obviously. And so that's where all of the natural water ponds are or places that they're collecting water. And so he would he would go down there because he can't participate, he can't help garden, he can't help do anything, but he felt like something he could do was to go and collect water. And so they they taught him, you know, the path to get down there. 
And he went down one of the times. He ended up slipping and falling in. Oh, man. Drowned. And people that were passing by rescued him, took him to a hospital. Um, they revived him and, and he made it. But this water well that Elijah Streams installed, it is like 30 seconds from where he lives. Gee, so man. now I want to, Emily, show the video. I want to, I want y'all just to see him. He's, he's, his uh, dignity was restored because of this water well. I mean, now he can pump water. He can um, participate, you know, in family life and do something. And so this water well brought meaning to him. So wow. it's incredible. I don't know if- uh, So we have a video on that? Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and run that video then, here we go. Wow, oh, He's man. right there. So that little house that was on the left uh, at the end of the video, the small one, not the big one that was, well, I say big, that's that's a big house over there, but the small one is where he walks to and uh, where he stays. And I wanted to share something, Steve, if I could. Yeah. I yeah. told you earlier, I kind of, I'm kind of a mess um, <laughs> this, uh, this meeting, but this morning the Lord spoke to me and I was, I was spending time with him. I didn't sleep very well. I was up about 3.30 in the morning. So I just got up and started spending time with him. He said, I want you to, I want you to go on Elijah streams and tell my people what's really happening over there with, because of these wells. And so he took me over to Exodus. And I want to read this. This is Exodus 3. And it says, the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. And I've heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them. And then he says, you know, the cry has gone up to him. And I'm picturing this, this man that we just saw. He's blind. And, and what Lori didn't tell you is when his sister went and got him, he looked like a madman. He hadn't probably showered, bathed. I'm sure his hair was messed. I mean, it, they call it a they call him mad over there, but he probably looked like a total mess. And he's can't even get his own he can't even get water and i'm like the lord is sees the cries and he hears the cries of the people and he's just like in this in in, in the in exodus he he then called out to moses and he says to him i have heard the cry of my people now therefore i'm sending you and he sent he sent moses to rescue the people to lead them. He uses people to set captives free. And every viewer on Elijah Streams that's watching this show that has contributed, you're answering a crime injustice because it's not just, it's not okay. I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah. It's not okay. And it's more than it's more than just it's more than just providing water, like Lori said. We're setting captives free. People are going to be in heaven because you contributed to clean water in Uganda and other places. You know, and I want you, I'm going to say it again. People are going to be in heaven because you, the viewer, you had compassion. You saw this. Maybe some of you saw the first spot you ever saw. You said, I'm sending money. I had someone send it to my house yesterday as a friend. So she knows this. And she said, here's $100. I, I, 
I just want to make sure this goes to water. Uh, and then she, at the same time, she said, and maybe if you use half of this toward the traffic children, those are two, two different things that we're doing a lot of. And uh, can I say this is, yes, just, this is what's so amazing. I want you to picture, and you'll see it better when you're there. Picture yourself in the middle of nowhere. Okay, you have no electricity, you have no running water, you have you have very little to live on. You're living day to day. You're day you and you can't, you know, there's not wheelchair ramps, there's no there's no assistance, you know, food assistance and and uh welfare or or whatever it is, you know, food stamps or whatever it is now. They, they there's none of that. So if you don't have if you don't have something, you've got to depend upon others. Or you or you're not gonna get it. You know, and, and I want you to picture these people crying out to the Lord and saying, saying, where are you? Man, oh I man. need your help. I go to church and they tell me you're there for us and you'll provide all of our needs. And here I am, God, why, why can't I even get water that's clean? And then he hears. You know that some thing people about show up in his village show up in their village and they don't know who we are why are you providing water for us you don't even know us and we hear that all the time and you're going to meet those people steve you know i want to ask you this question because i never have before but based on what you just said uh we saw one of the videos you guys provided showed driving into a place and i noted when you the words that were written down you said something about we found a village that and i thought found a village talk about that how do oh how does how do you mean you found a village i mean we have a network of pastors and leaders that we're working with and we have some point people that then have connections to other places and so we're doing it in a team effort it's not show mercy or elijah streams that's picking the spot we're working with a community like a, a committee yeah and they're helping to identify the areas where the need is the greatest, but also I know that I know Holy Spirit is guiding and directing that because like this guy, Robert, they need what well, everywhere needs water. But why did God pick Roberts one of, as one of the first ones? I think because he wanted to answer Robert's cry. And so it's a group of people that are working together to identify the right spots, find the right people. And I know it's being driven by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we're not just working, you know, we shared about the Show Mercy base. We're not just working there. Elijah Streams is reaching different parts. We're going to show a map maybe one of the times, different parts of Uganda, and we're going to show the pinpoints. But not only that, you know, the other nations that we're touching through Elijah Streams. And it's all because, I mean, Mike's talking about that God is hearing their cry, but obviously the viewers are hearing the cry too and responding to Holy Spirit. And so I just don't want people to think, oh, it's just water. It's just another water well. Oh, they're doing another water spot. It's people, gosh, it's people. And it's people like Robert and it's people like me and it's people like you that cried out. And then God, what, a, what an opportunity to partner an with honor. him. It's an honor to partner with him to donate and to give and to make this happen. And I just want to say again, thanks, Stephen Dream, for listening to the Lord and for doing it. Because yes. you are the, the energizing force that's being the voice. And it's it's impacting people's lives and it's changing their lives. And so. And, you know, uh, for anyone, I, I've mentioned this a few times, but not that many times. Uh, that was like 1987. 
I didn't even have the ministry. There was no Elijah streams or Elijah list. There was nothing. I was visiting a mountain cabin, some friends in California who many years ago moved away from it, but they were up in a cabin. I'm sleeping on the couch. We're just visiting friends. I was on a business trip and I was in business and I'm laying there. You know, it's a light sleep because I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm not used to I'm not sleeping that well. I'm, I'm just lay awake and all of a sudden into my head says, the voice said, well, ministries. And, and then I thought, what? Well, ministries, it was so clear. And then, then it came with one more phrase and it said, little orphan children. And I carried that trying to figure out what it meant for 30 some years. This is like 1987. I don't know why God saw it to give me something 37 or 35 or something like that, whatever that comes out to. And then you, we met you and you started a village. And one day you called me or texted me and said, Steve, how'd you like to, to, to sponsor? Well, I don't even remember now if I made a connection when you said that the first time, or if it took me a couple of times, do you even remember? I don't think you did because I mean, you were so quick to respond. You just said, yes, you didn't even take five seconds. You just, <laughs> you just said, yes, we're going to do a water well. But I think after that, the Holy spirit probably started stirring you up because then I think that's when you said, I think, I think our partners, I think we could do three a month. And that was just a little bit of time after that. And then before you knew it, more and more and more and more and and then i think god just confirmed to you this is what this is that yeah and see you know i can even this is a teachable moment too because it will tell you tell people watching you know just because god spoke to you a long time and it hasn't come to hmm. pass yet give it 37 years before <laughs> you throw it out or whatever that number is you know i think it'll be 40 years in 2027 so whatever that comes this, out this is the year it really yeah. is. This is a year of, of breakthrough and of the things that, you know, you've had in your heart maybe for a long time and you thought they were dead and God's blowing on them this year. And suddenly, yeah, it's happened in my life. You know, it's, it's the things that I've desired and wanted with the Lord for, for years and years and years that I've had a hard time. It's just, just breakthrough. And so it's the same way for anybody else out there listening. Like, you know, you were talking about 87. I, I was just getting out of high school. Really? So I wasn't thinking about, you know, I wasn't thinking about this stuff either. I had no thoughts. So, so the solution to my word was going to be helped to be fulfilled by some kids in high school. <laughs> Pretty much. Right at that time. But it would be have to add 34, 35 <laughs> years. Somebody give me the number. I keep saying whatever number that is. But, you know. Well, anyway, we better get going. But I want to say, I want to end with this, that there's one of the uh, villagers, I can't remember if it was here, it might have even been in, uh, well, one of the countries that we sponsored that we got to be, I'm not sure it was Uganda, but he ends with this. He says, all gifts are valuable, but water is life. And I'm just telling you that statement goes right through me. You know, maybe someone else will say, yeah, yeah, nice statement. All gifts are valuable, but water is life. And you, those of you who are giving, you're giving life. And then you're, you're helping them live and survive and old, be old enough to accept the Lord even. You know, people will come to the Lord because of this. And are, how often does a church plant happen? Is that rare or does it happen a lot? How often? 
I don't know the statistics, honestly. It happens a lot because over there, you know, churches are just people gathering together. So a lot of times it's not a, they don't get their structure necessarily until later on. And so it's definitely bringing people together. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And they are being the church. There's a lot of churches being formed because we are the church. As far as the structures and stuff, there's also quite a few of them, but I'm not sure. The but I, I know in some of the more remote areas, churches are being planted and birthed, but the church is growing because of the water That's wells, true. because people know that their answer has been heard by God, that the request, and they're saying yes to him. It's, it's melting their hearts to realize he's alive and that he's using people and that it's real. So it's it's just it's so it's so amazing it's so amazing. and if I'm adding the countries up where uh, it must be twelve or thirteen maybe I mean, if we thirteen it's yeah it's twelve or thirteen I lose track <laughs> but uh, it's... well and you guys are doing great I mean you started saying how'd you like to sponsor well and you got it and you didn't little did you know a number of years later you're going to be supervising all of these wells getting yours, helping select even the ones in foreign countries. We just, we always find people on the ground who are responsible uh, to, t- to watch over it. And, and they may be, they may look differently in different countries. This, they look this way in Uganda that has that circular mm-hmm. uh, thing with cement. Uh, I don't know if they all look that good in the other ones, but it's, that's. Some are better. Yeah, it just depends. Some were, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we did one that was a community one and we, we spent, spent a lot of money because it was like, and it was a geyser that came up out of that, an artesian well, I guess it called. Yeah. All right, you guys, love you very much. You. We'll talk to you very soon and we'll be with you in Uganda very soon. So Sounds see you later, good. guys. Soon. Thanks bye. again. Okay, bye. That's amazing. That was amazing. All right, time to bring in uh, DeMonte. So DeMonte Edmonds, here we go with DeMonte. Well, amazing, huh, DeMonte? Did you see some of that? I saw all of it. Wow. And it was very touching. I've been to Uganda, and uh, the people there are just precious. And they're they're working with the most that they have often, especially in those rural parts of the country. But also something that you said uh, that really touched my heart. Years ago, the Lord talked to me about a feeding program and ministry overseas. And I said, Lord, when is it going to happen? So you said 35 years, 33 years for you. That encouraged me that uh, just keep my faith on the line that the Lord's going to put that together. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, even Moses, who says, go set my people free. That was, He didn't tell him you're going to go through what you what will feel like H-E-L-L, you know? You know? <laughs> no, yeah, it's a price. It's a price, but it's well worth it. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. you can't even consider the, the even when he finally rescued him, then they turned, turned on him. So it's like. If you got to commit to obeying the Lord, no matter what it looks like or feels like, but yeah, I could never, you know, when I just, we were just talking about it and I, I'm, and I'm relaying the story where, where the voice speaks into my head and it says, well, ministries, that was the first time in all those three and a half decades that I ever shed a tear. All of a sudden, that's when the anointing fell. Other than that, it was just, that was a word. I wonder what that means. Yeah. You know, So, you know, God will breathe on it in stages and anoint it. I hope people can learn a lot from that. So, Tamani, I'm going to have you jump in, but let me ask you a couple of quick. Just give Feel me free. sort of a, when you were with us, when I first had you on a show, was before we'd moved back here, before we were doing daily shows, it was like we would just tape shows. And, and you came out here to Salem where we had our studio. 
on that show the uh so it's like four years ago five years four or five somewhere in there it was pre-pandemic it was, it was right pre-pandemic before. yeah so like four years and ago. somehow the subject came up about facebook i was in terms of you know people being awake versus asleep yes about what what was going on by the deep state and the left and the uh, you know all of that the elitists the globalists i was sound flipping asleep <laughs> and you said we were going out to pizza, you and I were, and I see you said the subject about Facebook came up maybe because we were talking about the social media that I'm building. And you said Facebook was, is, you either said it was a DARPA or you said it was a CIA. What did you say? That- oh, so I said that a certain agency, NSA uses it to gather information because in the past, those agencies had to, you know, tap phone records. The old, you know, we had the old phones yeah. that were on the walls or follow a person or look at their credit card trails, um, spending trails, you know, credit card statements. But now people just freely put everything on social media. So Crazy. You, you don't even have to <laughs> tap into people, investigate. It's just all right there to be collected freely, shared freely. Were you always a guy that kind of saw some of the crud that was going on more than other people i'm because i never yeah how did you how did you tap into all that and realize that you know i I, honestly i went to log in one day and i heard the lord speak that to me and i think i shared it with you and i said as at this time i don't think an election was taking place it was before the election but i said i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if you share certain stuff watch and see and you was like well mate and systematically when you begin to share on certain topics and certain information, because I remember one of your sites was gaining about 5,000 new uh, uh, subscribers a week and it was growing, it was growing. And then all of a sudden, when you begin to share on certain topics, it went down to about two, 300 people a week. And so it's like systematically the alg- algorithm began to work against you more than once. Yeah, it was. And it was almost, you could literally look at those lines of demarcation that, hey, yeah. I shared on this, I talked about this, and then there was some type of switch yeah. that was turned. And so yeah. later, probably two years later after I shared that with you, someone that worked in the news industry that worked for a major news station told me that sometimes when they went there, certain stories, they would get a visitor that would pull the plug who didn't work for the station, but worked for the higher ups. And he said most of the major news stations had this happen a few times. So. I never worked in news, but that's what I was told later. And but the Lord told me one day I was logging in and the Lord just spoke that to me. And the way he spoke it to me was, look how fast the platform just took off. It just took off. I mean, overnight it just became a super success to build. Now you're you've you you've built your platform and we talked about it at the beginning. I remember yeah. looking at the paperwork and the cost and the the the, the cost of, uh, for electricity and for cloud and and, and looking at all of those infrastructures with you for the technology yeah, to, to put up the infrastructure and to get the money and to actually implement it in the speed that it was done. There's all the forces involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, in the same way I was being shut down, that one was Facebook where they're shutting it off. And if I put something that's in any way controversial on Facebook, suddenly out of nowhere, it gets three likes. And I know this is the most popular subject when I speak on it on Elijah's dreams. And if I put on a family photo, suddenly it gets 200 likes in, in, in minutes. 
or whatever. So it's like they're, they're watching them. So anyway, well, I wanted to get sort of a, a, a big picture from you and how you see, see all that. Well, you're a prophetic voice these days. I don't have time to maybe this time go into your whole story, but you've got a lot of revelation coming about the season of exposure and some other things. I'm going to just turn it over to you, DeMonte, and have you share. Yes. Well, I will. I want to jump back to what you were sharing. So okay. I said some of the stuff that happens is not all malicious. It may seem malicious on our end, but I think there are certain people or institutions within the institutions. They're trying to maintain a certain balance and order. And hmm. even if somebody's telling the truth, they're more concerned with, I hate to say this, maintaining stability hmm. because they don't want the public to lose confidence in the institutions set up. So for them, for some, they're not being malicious. They feel their motive is something positive for the nation. So I think that happens in many different cases. And if you look from that viewpoint, even historically going back, you can probably see why some things took place that we would consider malicious, which they were malicious. Um, I believe in the truth and I believe. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. But, but there are powers that want to maintain the status quo stability and they know if certain things even get out or spread, they just feel like it's going to uh, uh, erode the public confidence. So I think well, that's and, and and I see. I'm, I won't jump ahead now, except to yes. say I see that on your list you're going to talk about social media platforms. So I, uh, I'll wait till you get there. But uh, go ahead and jump in on this first point you have here. Okay, so this first point is very interesting because it's it's kind of a segue. Even when you talk about exposures. Anytime you talk about exposures, cover-ups is the other side of exposures. And we have been, now this isn't, this isn't a natural, we have been seeing just in the month of January, it just seems like every day there's some new accusations, some new exposure, mm. whether it's in Hollywood, ministry, politics. Uh, I live here in Atlanta, Georgia, and, you know, there's a big case here against um, Donald Trump, President Trump. And just recently, the district attorney, it came out that she's possibly been in an affair with the person that she hired as the special prosecutor, right. paid him, and they went on these trips. But I mean, things are coming out rapidly now, and I believe that we're in that season, but the Lord told me there's going to be more. This is going to happen uh, throughout the year, throughout the year, and we need to be really grounded in Christ. Yeah. There's one preacher, I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to tell two stories. I was sitting in a meeting listening to uh, Dutch Sheets, James Gall. I'm in the meeting and they're talking about this riff with apostolic prophetic in certain groups. While they're talking, I see this pastor apostle's face and I text it to the host of the meeting and I tell him, I don't know what's happening, but I see his face. Well, Later, it came out nationally that he was in this scandal, all these accusations from young women with fornication, and he was somebody really respected and being in the prophetic community. But I felt like the Lord was showing me even then um, he was avoiding certain prophetic voices so they couldn't see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the so even with that, we still have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus because people humans are still humans. I don't care how great they are, how prophetic. And there will be people that fall. Judas. Can you imagine Judas? He saw Jesus walk on water. He saw Jesus multiply the, the fishes and loaves. He saw Jesus raise. He saw all of those things. He was right there. Once I saw Jesus walk, walk on water, I would have been sold. I'm yeah, it, was, it would seem so, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and it wasn't like a little pond. It, he came, it said he came across the water from the map. I mean, he was literally on like the sea. I yeah. would have been sold. But he was human and he was still open to uh the demonic temptation. Could you imagine how the disciples that day in and day out felt when they learned that Judas had betrayed the master? They probably had to go to God and say, God, how did this happen? We didn't see this coming. We right. I mean, he took care of everybody. He always had the money. He he got the business done. He was very kind about it. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. They yeah. only show him Judas one time where it says this could have been given to the poor. His approach was this should have we should have thought about the poor here. So people probably thought, what a, he's he's always got his heart in the right place, right? That's what they would have thought. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, and they had to keep their eyes really focused on Christ, even when they didn't understand what was taking place, because when Jesus went to the cross. They didn't understand the plan of, even though he told it to them, they didn't still didn't understand it until he appeared to them after his resurrection. Then there's a second individual, and I don't want to stay on individuals too much. I want to talk about the principles of it, that for several years I've told my wife, I said, there's one person in ministry that if it comes out what he's been involved in, I almost don't want it to be exposed because it's going to be so devastating for so many. You know, I grew up as a kid where we saw several big figures fall in the same almost year and a half yeah and the national news media just paraded it and it eroded so much confidence in christian leaders yeah but even in the midst of that we have to be grounded that jesus is still jesus the word is still word the yeah. word of god the word still is the authority and it may seem negative but i don't believe there's a greater glory this is what lord spoke to me the greater glory cannot come until the Lord purges these things that are at the forefront. Now, in the small, he's purging in the smaller places, the lesser known people, but those that are leading the charge and that are representing the body of Christ or representing government or representing institutions, there has to be a purging so a greater glory can come in because he's coming back for a church that doesn't have spot or wrinkle. Such a good word, such a good word. And I mean, it's a hard word. Why are good words can, oh, so hard? I mean, so do you ever feel like God just ripped the bandit off and let's get it over with all at once? Or I don't know. That's sometimes I think just get it over with. And then next month we can start building, you know, but God in his wisdom knows that we can only handle so much, you know, yes. um, um, the one that came through, I won't say the names because we don't need to, but that there was a big one that everyone was been thinking about for the last couple of months. And the one thing that finally happened is instead of this thing being drug out month after month after month, the powers that be that were close enough to him said, that's it, we're ending it, it's over, da da da, and they ended it. And I thought, and it's been kind of peaceful in the spirit since then. You know what I'm yes, talking about? It, is. it was like, yeah. wow, all they did is say, enough of it, we're not gonna cover this up for any third party or for any first party, whatever. We've seen enough, it's over. And I'm thinking we need we need that next time we need to just end it real quick, man. So anyway, I I could talk about that, but uh, anyway, well, anything else you wanted to say on point one on the exposure? Yes, um, I've I've seen historically too when people try to cover it up, it normally yeah. becomes more disastrous. Yeah, it does. I have several examples in my mind 
that it normally becomes more disastrous because you're almost fighting against the the judgment of God, the consequences of God. You know, humble yourself and just confess to it, admit to it. I know that's hard to do for some, but yeah. when it drags out, it just it devastates more lives. And then as well, uh, you know, this thing with and I think we talked about this before with pedophilia and human yeah. trafficking of children years ago, eight or nine years ago. And I've been married going on almost 15 years. So maybe 11 years ago, my wife and I, we did a, a deep dive and study into the 80s. There were people trying to expose those things back in the 80s about child trafficking uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, in California, all over the country. And some of those people were state senators. Some of those people were like FBI Special Agent Ted Gunnerson of the L.A. office. He was over the L.A. office for the FBI, and he was exposing these things in the 80s, and people were turning a deaf ear. But all of a sudden, after Pizzagate, and then even more now, people are believing it more in mass. People are paying attention to it more. And so I believe that Genesis 15 and 16 is really right here with us, where uh, God told Abraham, listen, Four generations, your children are going to be in captivity because the sins of the Amorites are not yet at its fullness. So when the so when the exodus took place, it wasn't just to free the children of Israel because they were in bondage. Also, they were freed to take over Canaan land because Canaan land, the land of the Amorites, was under judgment. Yeah, was being depossessed. <laughs> so now, and I believe we're at that point where there's a fullness of a lot of this underground iniquities that have been taking place and perversion has been taking place and the lord's tired of it and it's coming to a head and if you're involved in that type of stuff anyone get out of it because judgment is really at hand but for us that are that's seeing it know that this is really the faithfulness of god to protect his people and to bring a purging so a greater glory can come into the nation yeah. into the body of christ yeah i want to ask you um you know, I'm older than you, but I'm still interested in your generation and how are you processing this uh, with the Lord or with yourself when when we realize all of this pedophilia that's been and child trafficking that is that's involved involving millions of children, millions of kids. How do you process that the Lord God that we serve? allowed it to go for generations after generation, you know, hundreds of years, apparently. How do you process that with your faith? Well, it's very challenging because children are an asset and I have four children and they're, they're vulnerable. Many times they don't have, you know, protection. And I think the Lord left the earth to mankind but at the same time, he 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 puts his hand in there at the right time. And I've had mm -hmm. friends that have been prostitutes forced into human trafficking. I've even have a friend that her dad, who who appeared on the outside to be a political, uh, a, a community leader, a respected person, he was high level, Illuminati brotherhood, whatever you want to call it, and he used to get the mother pregnant just to have abortions for sacrifice. He used to bring his caught friends to the daughter who's my friend to do stuff with her at a young age. But you know what? She's bringing deliverance to people. She's bringing freedom to people. She's helping people get out of cultism. She's, wow. she's dealing with territorial strongholds in her, her territory. And 
God's used her prophetically mightily. So I said that with the enemy meant for harm, the Lord can yeah. still use for good. So and good. only the Lord knows how he deals with those individuals on both ends. Yeah. There's a punishment for those that don't repent. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And then there is also a grace and a mercy. And you know what? When people go through stuff like that, if Jesus grabs a hold of them, I believe they have so much compassion for the world. They do 10 times as good, if not 100. Oh, that's interesting. Compared you know, that to a regular is, person. That is, I mean, one day, probably I used to say, and I meant it at the time, when I go to heaven, I want to ask the Lord, I've got hundreds of questions. I want to ask him and hear the answer. I don't want to just suddenly, I have no more questions. That's what I said. Nowadays, I want so badly for this pain of this earth to be over. I don't even care about the answers anymore. I just <laughs> want to be with him. And it's if he doesn't want to ever explain how. To, so it's probably somewhere in between. You know, it says we'll know him even as we are known. Uh, and we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is. So I think in some ways, all of our qu questions will be answered. In other ways, we, we may be spending eternity getting to know, explain, explain this, explain that. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yes, uh, oh, yes. What's next on your list here? I believe we were going to talk about um, also the 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 refugee refuge excuse me, refugee issue. Okay, uh, good. The, the Lord told me there was going to be another another wave, and then I'll go back into uh, the areas that Christians need to infiltrate. But the Lord yeah. told me there will be another another wave of refugees. Oh, and really? It was, going, it was going to hit hard and fast to the U.S into yeah. europe even bigger in europe i saw it even you're talking about another refugees not the ones that have been pouring by the millions over our border not that one i see even more coming to the u.s not just mexico but i saw one specifically in europe that europe has to brace itself and prepare for it and you know we were in chicago O'Hara airport and surprisingly there were like two or three hundred refugees in the basement whoa and then I, I began to ask people in the city about it, and they said that the police stations had refugees that were living there. Really? And some of the refugees were reporting that they were being sexually violated by some of the people that were supposed to be protecting them. And so I think this is really an issue at a humanitarian level, at a spiritual level, but also at a national security level, because if, if you look at nations of you have if people have read the fall of rome one yeah. of the things that took place was that there were so many people from other countries that came into the country at one time that they lost their culture they lost their kind of roman now the romans were not the most godly people mm -hmm. but they they lost, lost whatever rome was and it contributed to the fall of rome yeah. because, because we have to also look at the, these people that are coming in that are refugees or migrants Many of them are dealing with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And now they're inserted into communities, into society, and they're supposed to function regularly, but they, they, they're really traumatized. And so we need almost an army. We almost need a, the way that I'm saying it is almost like a certification program that doesn't take four years in college, that you can have lay people, church people actually go get certified on how to help 
de-traumatized um, refugees, how to minister to them, how to help them uh, with life, how to help them just cope with being in a traumatic situation. But specifically the church, we need to raise up an army of workers to deal with this. Uh, yeah. Because and, and this is have, a vulnerable point that we can get them into the kingdom. We yeah, can share well, the business right. of Jesus. Uh, can you and also can you clarify that one? The one that's a bigger uh, refugee problem than the one now. Are you saying it's only in Europe, or is it going to hit the U.S. Both. in the same way? Okay. But I, I saw it bigger for Europe, but I saw it increasing for the U.S. Okay, unless well, something is done, unless some policies are put in place, some drastic actions, and then also, uh, you know, talking to friends that work in CBP, Custom Border Patrol. Uh, I'm not going to say they do their best. I don't know what they do, but let me say that even even within the hierarchy, there are those that are complaining about certain negligences or being lackadaisical. You know, there was a story in um, Eagles Pass, Texas. Okay. It was like 50 senators, Congress people, officials. They were looking at the border and they watched as hundreds of migrants cross the Rio Grande River, wading through the water, just coming over. They, they watched it and it was really just an open border at that particular place. And I think now there have been 8 million attempted border crossings last year. Uh, yeah. It's and, unbelievable. And into the human trafficking, especially with the children. That really, I just, I just hate it. It's despicable. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like 70, 80,000 unaccounted for minors. Yeah. Lord help us. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like, Lord help us. And then, you know, we need a bunch of <clears throat> Moseses to uh you know to to free those they're coming like they're and, and some of these are coming from their own lands of oppression and that we understand that but then then you have the dangerous part where some of them want to come from their land to 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 bring false religions and things over here to our land so it's like we just need to stay close to god and do what whatever it is he tells us to do you know, I know what my assignments are so far. If everybody just needs to know what your assignments are and yes. do that, man, make sure you're doing it. You know, even if it takes, like we said earlier, 37 years for you to know what your assignment was, once you know it, pour yourself into it, you know. Man, yes. Man. And you know what All I right. see? I saw this while you were speaking. Okay. There are going to be ministries that they're going to be called to do border crusades, border, border. I literally saw like crusades as close to the border as possible. Whoa. Outdoor meetings, tent revivals. Whoa. So you mean I, people come over the border and then they, they end up in a meeting to, to receive Christ. Is that what you're saying? The way that it's looking, they're already all over the border and they're camped there because they can't go any further. They, they, they don't have the resources. And okay. I see tents set up with speakers and, and, and water bottles. And that's how I was seeing it, where they're going to, right at the border, revival meetings, tent meetings. The audience is already there. Yeah. Many wow. have nowhere to go. And they need, to, they need hope. They need encouragement. They need Jesus. They need to be de-traumatized. They need the deliverance that only the Holy Spirit can bring to them in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, eventually they'll get jobs. They'll get, you know, places to stay. but even with a housing, when you go through being displaced, I've dealt with foreclosures and repossession before. Even once you get new housing, you're still somewhat traumatized. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I worked with a gentleman. He invented all these systems 
for submarines and boats and stuff. He was in his 80s. He looked like the mad professor on Back to the Future. His yeah. hairstyle was just like that. <laughs> he was in his late 70s. I, I could say his name. I'm not going to say his name. Brilliant guy. He was worth tens of millions of dollars. But he was a hoarder. He wouldn't throw anything away. He wouldn't spend money on new shoes, pens or bottles. Somebody stayed at his house, another co-worker, and changed their oil and threw the bottles in the trash. When they came back, he took the bottles out of the trash, washed them out, put them in the garage and said, I can use them for something. Because <laughs> he grew up in the Great Depression towards wow. the end of it. And he was he just was traumatized from yeah. being he couldn't enjoy the wealth. He had that kind of wealth and he was saving Pennzoil bottles and washing them out. Yeah, I mean, that's like the where God can bring prosperity, but you have to have, pray for wisdom. I can see that. Um, man, yeah, I've done. I mean, you've, you've heard stories about someone dies, he's like an old miser, and some guy, he, he just goes around and picks up bottles and, and then he dies and he has multi million dollars in his bank account that no one ever knew about. Yeah, uh, it's amazing how that that could happen. So, yeah, you need prosperity for the right reason. So, all right. Yes. And the other, you have, you have anything you want to jump in? With no, no, I didn't know where you are on the list. So I'm gonna, I'm go ahead. Where? Okay. So this was given to me uh, two nights ago when I was preparing for another uh, prophetic uh, moment. The Lord told me that these are four areas that. We need to pray as the body of Christ. And then some need to accept their calling within the body of Christ. So these four areas that we need to prepare for the future. And it started this type of way because I was to speak on family, finances, yeah. and ministry. And so yeah. when I got to finances, uh, the Lord began to kind of speak to me looking backwards, going into this, the late 70s, 80s, early 90s, especially with the Word of Faith movement. It was this big emphasis with a lot of ministry, a lot of ministries on prosperity. Yeah. And I believe in the prosperity is in the Bible. Yeah. But a lot of it was based on, you know, I got this mansion, I got these cars, I brought mm. this, I brought that. And it, the, the term the Lord gave to me, which I know this term, but he spoke as it was conspicuous consumption. Yeah. Accumulation of wealth to the, for display where you, just, yeah. you put it on display and say, look how I'm, I'm blessed. Look how the Lord blessed me. But the Lord said we need to get into future capacity planning for the generations to come. We need to have capacity planning because there are going to be more restrictions, more regulations, and sadly, probably more persecutions. What do you and what do you mean by that term capacity planning? What does that mean? Where David, before he passed away, he had the blueprint for 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 the temple. He had the blueprint. Yeah. Uh, for for building that he handed over to Solomon, he had silver and gold that he stored up. So when Solomon was raised into position, he just really had to execute what what the Lord had put in the heart of David. He had to just really implement it and walk it out. Of course, he had to hear from the Lord for specific details. But the silver was already there. A lot of the gold was already there. Yeah. A lot of the resources and the blueprint. So there was a capacity planning for Solomon to do more than David. Oh, even so before David the did the planned for, David did the whole planning even more than Solomon, but I, but probably both did, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. and so we need to look at wealth from the standpoint of the next three and four generations. Yeah. What are we gonna lead them to help them with the gospel? What are we gonna lead them to help them when yeah. 
social media says we don't want preachers preaching on social media where are we going to leave them when yeah. tv channels don't want you know christian networks or christian tv uh, or they they kick off christian tv off their secular channels so okay. we need to have this capacity planning for these different institutions uh that we are in position of more control and the four areas that he gave me the first one was well i'll just say new social media platforms and technologies like right now we're using facebook yeah but if facebook say we don't want any spirit-filled people we don't want any pentecostals we don't just like you talked about they can switch the algorithm and yeah. that's why i bless god because I, I watched you step out in faith and i need to jump on and start using it again and use it more zap it you launched yeah. out with zap it not not having a background in technology not having a background in not social even media. not even but <laughs> and uh and that zap it is, a, is still at a fledgling part but god won't let me quit it's forty thousand users and all it is so that's tiny uh but you know at the right time when the money is there to really pour into it we have two coders that work all the time and all i'm doing is you know the, the, i'd never heard this term capacity planning but it's kind of like that i'm just We've been working on it, coding it, coding it, you know, programmers, two of them, night and day, not night and day, but all day, every day for five days a week. And then one day God will say, here's the money to now blow this thing up, you know, because yes. it takes a certain amount of marketing to get it done. But yeah, yes. and, and that's the thing is then now Christians don't have to, they can say what they want to say about the Lord. You know, they started persecuting people because they were talking about the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice, and then the, the the Lamb of God, who's you know he's a sacrificial lamb, and all of a sudden they're saying, well, you're talking about torture and animal sacrifice, <laughs> and you're talking about human, you know, and, and all of a sudden they're blackballing Christians because they figured out a way to say, well, you're just talking about creepy stuff about animal sacrifices, you know. So you're we right. got to get out of that, get have our own platforms. Yes, yeah, so. I believe there are going to be more individuals. They may not have the know-how, the background, the skills, but God's going to speak to them. Start a platform. Start this. He's going to give them it, give it to them in a dream or vision, or, and He will give you the know-how. But even though you send only forty thousand people, imagine if we couldn't communicate right now. Yeah, these other ways. That's forty thousand people, Christians, spirit-filled, that can get a message out. And how many yeah. does each of those forty thousand people know? If you really had right. an urgent message to get out, right? So each one of them represents 20, 30, 50, 100 people within their circle of influence. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is something that we, we need more to, uh, to have ownership of more technologies going forward. That's so good. we can kind of override some of these censorships that will come down. Really good. Another area, as the Lord spoke to me, was banking. And it's funny because Right after he spoke to this this to me, somebody told me the story. I know who it was. Uh, it was the, the the bishop of a large uh, church network. He was okay. sharing this story with me, how this ministry, large size ministry, the bank just came and said, we, we're not dealing with churches anymore. Well, we've been paying you for six, seven years, 10 years, haven't missed a payment. We got money in reserves. We got a good record. We got a good business credit score. No, we don't want to deal with churches. And Matter of fact, we're raising this and raising that. It almost doubled their monthly pay. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Almost doubled their monthly and they, uh, payment, mortgage payment, and they have 30 days to get out. <sighs> and I've heard of other churches where banks are pulling the paper from them. Even some friends that are Christian business owners, they told me how 
they use the bank to, for their payroll and you know pay certain things but they're doing wonderful business doing really good and how banks we just we just don't want we don't want to deal with you they're not giving a reason why they just you got to go to another bank you got so many days to pull your money out i thought banks wanted your money i know uh, we, <laughs> i never thought i'd be alive when someone we wanted to get i mean they started to, you know people would try and give money to paypal and all of a sudden who who is making a mint off of us and they started cutting up cutting people off whose whose christianity was in the was bugging them and who's who's uh if they have if they're conservative politically they started cutting off some of those things you know they did it all over canada you know so you got to have I don't even know if it was gifts and go. Is that a new replacement of that? Or are they like PayPal where they, I don't know who was cutting off who I can't keep it straight. I don't. But. It's so, yeah, it's, uh, they change up so much, but yeah. I, I see more, more Christians get into brick and mortar banking and then also digital banking where you don't have a brick and mortar. You don't have all of the same regulations and different things however that looks i'm not big into that i need to look into it more yeah. but everything from cryptocurrency to digital banking to brick and mortar uh we need to have some people that can help finance some things for the kingdom and say yeah. yes where where the world would say no because even yeah. the bible says money answers all things i don't your heart can be the purest of hearts for god you can pray 10 hours a day but somewhere the bible says you're going to need money to yeah yeah that's the truth that is the truth and yeah. you know jesus was didn't tell people uh to get rid of it people think well no there's that thing that says the love of money is the root of all no, the love of money but he said and this is i've tested this over and over and i speak on it once in a while when i'm out and about he says jesus said make friends with unrighteous mammon, mammon. so that when it the unrighteous mammon fails one day it will They'll, those people you helped with uh, unrighteous man will welcome you into eternal things. Uh, I and I have tested that. Sometimes I accidentally test it when I walked into a, a like a market. It's halfway between two cities that I travel in, so I'm going to go use the restroom. Um, and I went in there, and there's this thing that says restrooms right up there, like a public sign. So I went in there and I used it. Uh, and I came out, and the guy was really ticked at me. He said, that's not a public restroom. What are you doing? And I said, oh, well, it says restroom, and he wouldn't hear of it, so I, I got a candy bar because I wanted to, you know, you don't want to just go there and not give them. I went and got a candy bar and put it on the counter. It happened to be a, 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 a bowl kind of thing, a plastic thing. Someone was raising money for someone with cancer. Now, I wasn't doing anything for this guy on purpose i just always put money in that's just <laughs> what i do i'm i discipline myself to give if it's if it's in me even if it's a small amount so i saw that he's ringing me up and and i had a couple of other things in the candy bar and and he happened to see me i took a couple of dollars and put it in you know a lot of people put a coin or something i had a couple a couple of dollars so you could see you know and his eyes got big. It was as if some major shift in the spirit realm <laughs> happened. And he goes, um, do you want a bag? Can I get you any? All of a sudden, he's this. he goes from enemy to best friend. Why? Because he saw me using my money for something good. The Bible says make friends using unrighteous money. I, wow. 
I did it without even intending to do it. And that <laughs> happens to me all the time. People will see how you make, how you do something with money. And all of a sudden they go from enemy to friends. When we have a conference, uh, I tell people when you they know you're here. They know we're here. They know this church is full. You need to go out at lunchtime when you all have it at this time and tip wildly. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yes. We started doing that. And then we started getting these things back. People said, I love it when those guys come into town when they have their, because they're so generous and so nice. That's make friends with the use of unrighteous money. Okay, I'm done with that part. But yeah, That's use good. money for that purpose. Yeah. And it seems that many of the larger ministries, a lot of their biggest donors are not even Christians. Christian ministries. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and, and I began to look into that because somebody prophesied to me and they said, you're going to have some, it's going to switch for you where some of your biggest supporters won't even be believers. And I said, yeah. Really? And you know what? I can think, I won't say the name, but if I said the name, depending on which generation you are, you know, there's a, a well-known multimillionaire. I think he's a book multi-billionaire and he has a foundation uh, it's not Bill Gates, but I mean, there's a big foundation. He's a multi-billionaire, kind of along those type of lines. And all of a sudden, $10,000 a month started showing up from this foundation with the person's billionaire name on it. So you know it's coming from there. I don't know if the, they're believers or not, but yeah, that's what you're saying. But $10,000, I, I don't know if that still comes in. I, probably not, but I mean, it came in for a lot of months. But you, so you, you know, this, I think even though this wasn't in the notes, I think yeah. we're hitting on something here that people yeah. need to hear. When people yeah. see that you're doing something noteworthy, yeah. positive and transformational, even if they don't understand it, yeah, they, 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 they value it because yeah. most wealthy people, they look at things based on its value. Yeah. You know, they'll buy a painting that you are out, you know, we wouldn't think twice about it, but it may be worth three, $400,000. So yeah. they know what's valuable, even if they don't understand it or necessarily adhere to it. And I think about Or Roberts. His car was beat down. His car was broke down. He was really in a bad financial place. And he said, he said right then, the worst thing happened. He hit his neighbor's car. So he said he had never really spoken to the neighbor, just high and bad in passing. And he, he, he said he went to the neighbor and said, I got to tell you something. I, I hit your car. I, and your car's dinged up. And a neighbor looked over the fence and said, well, why did you tell me? He said, because I'm a man of God. I'm a preacher. And, you know, I, it's just the right thing to do. He said, you know, you know what? I, he said, a neighbor looked embarrassed for him. The neighbor said, this is what I want you to do. Give me your keys. Meet me this time. I'm going to get you a new car. Whoa. And I'm going to help you pay that one off. The neighbor, Whoa. he he owned a car dealership. And he wasn't a believer. He didn't go to church. He said, I know you're a preacher. I've been watching you go in and out. I watch you with your wife. He was watching his lifestyle. And the fact that he was honest enough to say he had his car, he gave him, he brought him a new car and helped him pay the, the old one off. So yeah. that's something to be said about that. Well, you know, and that to me, there's there's a whole bunch of sermons right in there. I could come up from this angle to that angle. Today I'm coming at from my personal one is make friends using even that was a monetary action on even though he had no money he still did a monetary action he said 
basically I'm will. He didn't use these words, but he said he's basically saying I'm willing to own up and pay you for what yeah. I did. That was using money to make friends. And he, even though that wasn't his goal, that wasn't what he said. It's the same effect. No, he, he he said that he told him he was going to pay it. He said I don't know yeah. how, but I'm going to pay. Yeah, yeah. And the man it touched the man so much that the man blessed him way great. Wow. So powerful principle. Yeah, very, very yeah. much so. Yeah, this is real important. You know, and I, I, Doreen and I, we talk about it every once in a while where we get in the mode and, and we're just giving, giving, giving. We're, um, tipping is really fun to do, tipping big. And um, I could just talk for a very long time. But, you know, sometimes you'll tip and I'll say, like we had one a couple of weeks ago at Red Robin. We went out to eat and, and I think the amount we gave was 50 it could have been a hundred, but sometimes we get big, big, big ones like that. And it's not because we're floating in dough, but I mean, we could afford it. And, and so this particular one, she was very, very nice and stuffed at the table. Normally it's not even that it's not because they were nice. Cause I, cause I said, I bet she gets big tips all the time anyway, cause she's so flipping nice. Wow. Yeah. But we gave her this 50, I think it was probably 50. And then our our trick is to always get out of the store before they know know we've given it to them. We don't look back. We make sure they're not watching. We leave the fifty dollars or whatever, and then we walk out. Um, and then the, what we may do is we'll say God bless you on the receipt, so she knows in, in whose name this was given to them. You yeah. Know? And she doesn't ever have to recognize us again. So anyway, I talk a lot about that. But you know, imagine your God. And you have kids that, and you're watching every one of them because you 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 can be all places at once, and you are. You watch Susie over here, and every single time she gets a chance, she blesses someone, a waitress, a homeless person, someone in the drive-thru. You know, and it's not always money. Sometimes it's not. Money. Would you, if you're God, would you be pleased or displeased with what you're seeing? And you'd would be you pleased. be pleased? Want to you bless want to bless them? that person the more. Yeah. You want to add to them the more. That's how I would yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Yes. Good. And then quickly, I'll just summarize. The other two was investment pools. And yeah. historically, these have not done well in, in, in investment groups, investment pools. Uh, they have not done that well within the church world. Sometimes it's turned out that they were schemes, Ponzi's. Yeah. But the motive of them, even when presented in churches, were let's help you get rich. The motive has to be let's build something for the kingdom, not to enrich ourselves. So that's the difference. Yeah. And then yeah. the last one he gave me was control the airwaves, satellites, oh, whether on ground and satellites in the air. We need to believe our release our faith that we own both. We have believers owning both. That's of those huge, things. isn't it? That because when you control airwaves, my goodness, they yeah. can't shut you down. If if you know, I mean, if you get it really bad, they could shut you down. If you did something illegal, but other <laughs> than that, you get to say what you want. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not renting somebody else's TV channel and putting your show on there. You you have the satellite, and they're probably renting from you to put their secular show on. You maybe can shut them down. So. I mean, I thank God for the pioneers like um, LaSalle Network, Lester Summerall, and Dr. Pat Robinson, and yeah, Paul Crop, many, many others that they didn't have any background in these things. They just the Lord led them. So I pray that we multiply in that particular yeah. area. And that that's a mouthful too, because it's like it's people that don't know how to do it that start it. You know, 
Yeah. It's almost exclusive. I don't know what to do. I'll just do something. You know, <laughs> and then, you know, it's like if someone says, well, how do I know? I don't know if I do it. You know, I, I don't want to do anything if I get it wrong. Well, God, you know, think of the guidance system on a rocket. It's a multi-billion dollar guidance system, the best in the world, but it's useless sitting on the launch pad. The rocket <laughs> has to be going somewhere for the guidance system to work. So you got to go do something. You got to yeah. go move and say, well, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to move and do something. And my life is filled with stories of stumbling by accident into <laughs> the ministry. This was this story, the Elijah list, which started started by accident. I was just, I want to do a little list because I'd heard there were these lists. It was a brand new thing. The internet, internet was really, really new. The World Wide Web is barely known by that name yet. There was no .com being mentioned by that name. And there were, and people were doing lists. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I, I, I want to do a list. That's good. I've got 30 friends at my local church. That's all I ever intended to do. <laughs> and I put together these prophetic words that I was getting, basically the same thing we're doing this day. I put it there, sent it to 30 friends. And the next day I got a thing. It says subscribe, please. Okay, so here we are 26 years later with hundreds of thousands and, and basically through Elijah streams, millions, all because I did something. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing of Elijah List 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And then when I met you, it was like, wow, amazing to meet you as well. And I didn't, I never knew the history of how you guys started. Yeah. Yeah, it was utterly by accident. It was at a time when I needed something, but I wasn't doing it for that reason because I never saw a future in it. I was just going to be rewarding to to give friends some positive prophetic words. That's all it was. Yes, you know? and, and it was the first place that I knew of that you could collectively go and hear what the prophetic people were saying. It kind of was. Get on the plane and go sit at a conference and spend thousands of dollars to travel. Well, you know, and I had been listening to prophetic words. My, I had a friend, his name is Kent Simpson. Um, and he would send, and I would ask him to send me a prophetic word once in a while, once every year or two. And he sent me a tape. This had to be about 1991, two, three. I mean, all there was was and There was no .com or anything yet. There's no World Wide Web yet. And he sent me this and he said, you're going to be connecting the prophets by computer. And I thought, what does that mean? Prophets by computer. Okay, so it would be about six or seven years later when the Elijah list was accidentally born. And a couple of years into it, all of a sudden I'm connecting the prophets by computer. And, I'm saying, and his, his, his word was spot on. But all I had to do is be doing something and God can take the rocket then and guide it with his guidance system. That's a yeah. wonderful metaphor and story. And I'm going to reuse that with the Yeah, please system. do. Please I do. I will. It's, per yeah. it's perfect timing for something that's happening with me right now. So thank oh, you good. so much. Good, yes. good, good. Yes. So All where right. you want anywhere you want to jump into? Let's see if they have anything else. Um, um, talk about I wanted to know what your uh, what you were gonna say about the housing crisis. Uh, and then as we're wrapping up, I'm going to have you pray for the people, if you will. But okay. talk about whatever you're seeing in, in the housing crisis and the ministry hubs. Are those two things? 
Okay, so, perfect. So yeah. the Lord gave me a word the end of December coming right into January. Uh, I put a word out on larger list what I saw for this year. But part of it was I saw these I saw a vision like these three evil looking faces. But when I said evil, not necessarily evil like they were hurt you more like greed, like three greedy faces, financially greedy. And I saw these properties in front of them and they were like almost eating them up. And the Lord was telling me that it would be three like mega conglomerates, not like just one company, but like a, companies that are like holding companies, conglomerates, and they would be manipulating the housing prices really? by buying up just masses of houses and properties uh, through, I don't want to say straw buying. And you're saying this is a word into the future that's going to be happening? Is that what you're saying? Or it yes. So, yes. Yeah, so I, I sent this word to you guys, I think, on the 1st, on January 1st, actually. Okay. Was typing before I got on the plane, hit the send button, went to Dallas, and then I think it was published on the 10th. But just recently, I saw an article that BlackRock was buying, who's, I think they're the number one financial institution in the US, if not in the world. And people don't even hear about BlackRock. Yeah. I know about them because I know somebody that worked for them as a junior vice president, but they own a ton of companies and they're like a trillion dollar company. You don't really hear about them. They're like behind the scene, kingmakers, players. Yeah. Um, and it was this, this, this post saying BlackRock is buying up all these properties and trying to sell them back to people. And, and so for me, that was a, a affirmation that is starting to take place, but I think in the midst of it, there are going to be opportunities supernaturally for Christians. If you position yourself and ask the spirit of God to position you, that you would get properties, uh, below value. Even at value in this market is good. And I think we need to be very strategic. I ask the Lord to position us that we have rental properties, we have land, we have land even for, for some people, not everybody, even for agriculture. Good. That's something Lord uh, spoke to me. He said, um, he sent somebody with a prophetic word. They said, I don't know if you like uh, farming, but I see you with a green th thumb. I've never wanted to farm it. Then all of a sudden, about a year later, it just came into my heart in prayer. I want some land to grow some stuff. And I get in this Uber and the guy keeps telling me that I need to get land and I need to grow this stuff. And he's telling me, what he, he said, I don't know why, but I just feel God telling me to tell you this. So for some even land, and I think we need to do it as soon as possible for those that are able. And if you, if you feel God's put a desire in your heart for land, for property, uh, for commercial space, don't wait five, six years. Even if you don't have the resources, release your faith now and ask the Lord position you to acquire these things because i see a tightening i see a tight it must be a double anointing on this word but i see yeah, a yeah. tightening in, in that area but i do see it shifting after a while but i saw these mega conglomerates uh what they were doing affecting housing prices and affecting the availability of properties at affordable and reasonable yeah, if someone's if god puts it in your hands to to be able to invest in homes i know a couple of people that are investing in one home at a time god's spoken to us personally not talking about the ministry um but personally that guys told us we would be buying houses again this is not with ministry funds make that very clear um <laughs> that we're not gonna you know it doesn't mean the ministry would never own houses but that's not the primary purpose of the ministry fund of course um but you know what he's speaking to me about right now and i believe this is the word of the lord i can't prove it it feels like the word of the lord that uh, bill gates and people like that Bill Gates has bought hundreds of thousands of acres of farmland 
And wow. his purpose in doing it was not good. It's unto bad things. And it will, I believe God has said, it's very, it's all going to be taken from him because when you do, when you do uh, sins against humanity, they can take your land and they will. And that's going to be back on the market, probably back for sale by the federal government who removes the land from him. And, and there's going to be opportunities to get some of that farmland back that Bill Gates used to own. And that's what I believe is going to happen. Um, so people need to keep an eye out for that because it was, God has reserved that farmland for someone who really wants to use it for good purposes um, and not evil purposes. So uh, yes. that's that. So yes. And much of the, much of the old Testament is a, is a battle for land. Yeah. Battle for territory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without land is really hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's always a good investment because they're not making any more of it as the saying goes, you know, no, no, they're, they're not, not making any more of it. All right, what were you going to say about the um, the major shifts in the body of Christ? There's four items there. You want to say those real quick? Yeah, I'll say Talk them quickly. Uh, I saw more statewide ministry. I saw more ministries coming together at statewide levels, almost like a congressional type of leadership uh, to make things move at the state level. I saw more hybrid ministry hubs that you couldn't really define as a church. You really couldn't define them as an evangelistic ministry. It was almost like a mixture of, of several different things, educational center, uh, semi-church, almost like a church, but not a church, you know, just having a whole totally different look and feel to them. I see more of those type of ministries rising up that really will be tailored to kind of meet the needs of that community, whatever community that they're in. Uh, so I just see church looking different than before where I would go and I would join a church and Sunday I had to be at 10 a.m. And then Wednesday was a, was this service. And then before service on Sunday was Bible study, uh, youth Bible study. Like it was very programmatic. And you know exactly where you're getting around the clock. This I see these hybrid ministry type of hubs looking just totally different. Some may even meet on a regular basis. And I, I just see a different approach coming to ministry for many different areas but we still need traditional churches and then yeah. the, the way the lord showed it to me i saw like a line and on this side was a stadium and on this side was a small house house church movements the lord's going to increase them that's good but at the same time mass crusades are going to come back now we have them here and there but i mean like 10 milligrams at once. I think we're going to see more mass crusades as people nice. are looking for hope, but then we're going to see more house church movements that people are looking for fellowship and connectivity and community. And are you saying when you said 10 milligram, milligrams at once, you mean it would be as if there's 10 different milligrams all operating at the same time in, let's say, even in the U.S. and they're having this stadium and he's having this stadium and she's having that stadium, uh, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so it's not one versus the other home group versus stadium. Yeah. Yes. You'd be in your home group this week and next week you'd be in a stadium uh, in the crusade, bringing a friend type of thing. It, it could, yes. Yes. Cause sometimes, you know, I've heard people in the past that where the stadiums are coming to an end <laughs> or, you know, or some people that frown upon home groups cause they feel like it's not an organized church, no, but they've... the Lord uses different things for different purposes. Yeah. 
I've been in all of them. I've been in the Million Man March. I've been two or three times on the mall. The Million Man, the one with the youth, which is the call. Seemed like there was a third one that we went, and there'll be more this next October. They're going to have a, a million women on the mall. Wow. I've been to all of those, but having done all of those in home groups, the richness of the teaching and relationship to me always happened in home groups. It's when a we different started a home, a home group in ours, and they would grow too fast because it was a <laughs> popular group, but it was like it would go suddenly. Uh, we started with five or six of us, and in a few weeks, we're up to 40. And that, you know, then you've got a church again, which isn't the, but it's better to to start and have the relationship in a home group. It's a, it's a, it's a DNA that can't be duplicated in any other way other than someone's home, you know, and here's dessert after for everybody or whatever, however <laughs> it is, bring your kids and there's a playroom and it's a little loud, but we get it done and let's all gather around and put people in a chair and, Pray for them. Okay, who's next? Put them on the hot seat. All of that, stuff. <laughs> that That's where that's where I really grew at was those small yeah. meetings, those small groups. Those, I mean, just that's what the early church had. Yeah, they had, they had the big meetings where Peter spoke to three thousand, but then they met in houses. And the thing about I want to say this one thing about the houses. That's the houses was the main thing. And everything we understand about the New Testament church and when Paul's writing about it, he says when you get together. Okay, what are we just talking about? House churches primarily. Let only two or three prophets speak, and let the rest pass judgment or, or evaluate what's said. So wait a minute, prophets were so numerous that in every house church, let two or three only at one meeting in a house church, two prophets speak. That's how. That's where we're coming into the prophetic movement is just getting started. When I was launched with the Elijah list, there was like 10 people that you could name. And everybody else was wannabes. They didn't have what we have today. I mean, here we are 26 years later, and there's a prophet on every corner. But there's yeah. not three prophets in every home group yet. No, I've, ne I've never heard it put together that way as far as the uh, propagation of the prophetic. Yeah. I've never, you're right. I've never, I've never heard it from that, that viewpoint. Yeah. I remember reading Bill Hammond when he prophesied that. It was going to be ten thousand prophets in the U.S. We've we've multiplied that. Yeah, now. way we're way beyond that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, North America, he said North America, but we're way beyond that. And so. and it's probably and it's probably that the ones that you all know about, like in our case, yourself, Robin Bullock, Johnny Enlow. Okay, so there's like nine or ten in our channel, but probably the highest level prophets don't even have a public. Nope. They're, they're not known publicly, but they may have a higher level gifting in a home group. But man, can they revelate in that group and, and people's lives are changing. So it's, yeah, yeah. we got to just open up our minds about all that, you know. Anyway, I really good it. stuff. Well, listen, uh, do we feel like praying for the people as we kind of close out here? And oh, we want to talk about your yeah. book too. Let's, before you, you pray, let's talk about your book that we have here. Let's show that. Tell people about that book. So the supernatural dimension of dreams, understanding how God works while you sleep. This is a book where I break down some dynamic things that God does while you sleep, the importance of sleep, but more importantly, uh, the different ways that God can speak to you through dreams to give warning, uh, to give instruction. Also, some things that we often don't talk about. I get into deja vu. I get into supernatural impartations through dreams, and I answer questions in the back, some of the most common questions 
and I speak about how to discern the source of your dreams and how to remember the dreams that come from God. So it's really power packed and people have been blessed by this book and you can grab it. Easiest place to grab it is off of Amazon.com. So you can put DeMonte Edmonds. You can put the name of the book and in the description underneath this screen that you're looking at, there's going to be a link that will take you right to Amazon to that book. So just you just down below uh, Rumble, down below that, there's a link in there. And so you just scroll down there and click it and you're there. So good deal. All right. Well, go ahead and pray for the people. Yes. Well, Father, we thank you for the viewers of Elijah uh, streams. And we just pray, Lord, that you would bless them with supernatural wisdom, supernatural guidance. I believe those that are tuned in, God, they're looking for the voice of God. They're looking for the prophetic sound. Let that prophetic sound be amplified in their life and whatever it is that they're to put their hands to, let them have no doubt, but perfect clarity. Let this be a season of clarity and let this be a season, God, with prophetic words and prophetic promises come into fruition. In Jesus' mighty name, we call it forth and we say it is so. Amen. 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 DeMonte, thank you so much. Give our love to Jessica, your wife. and your It's four children now, right? Not three, it's four. Four. I move quickly, Steve, since I you met do. you. Yeah. You do. I mean, when I saw you uh, in, uh, when we were up in, uh, this was before you came on the show, I think, we, we saw you at Rick Joyner's place, right? Morning. You only had two at the morning started. The, there was two two at that time. You've added two more. And what a beautiful family they are. So, thank you. All so right. Much. Well, Nathan French will be with us tomorrow, 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. Don't miss that. It's always very, very good. So, have a great day, and we will see you all later. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.